0: Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk. Hagelbond on Twitter, and I have with me today a newly minted free agent, uh, formerly of many places that you've read him, uh, Alex Perrine uh, at Perrine on Twitter. Uh, you've seen his good tweets as well. Alex, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for asking me.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Um, you know, I, I know I wanted to have you on a, a little while ago, but you you were always so like you were always kind of jetting around. So when I saw that you were uh, leaving Splinter, I thought, well. You know, it's bad news for Alex, but it's certainly good news for
1: me. Yeah, it's it's good news for podcasts everywhere because uh, <laughs> I'm unemployed now and I got nothing. I got nothing but time. Uh, no, that's right. <laughs> serious. Uh, no, it's. Um, uh, I actually, it is the first time I've had uh, uh, at least a stretch of uh, uh, time to sort of do whatever I want. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to doing a bunch of new stuff.
0: How's that been? I mean, how is uh, that? That's always the the sort of like no one really talks about it because it sort of seems gauche or whatever. But has that been good to have the the downtime? I mean, it's one it's like the one benefit of um, of the precarious media landscape right
1: now. Yeah, it is, and I'm I'm extraordinarily lucky, so I don't want to compare myself to, to people who are sort of struggling in this industry because um, I, I got a I got a pretty generous severance. Um, but it was funny because good. this this buyout, um, you know, after it sort of came out that I that I took it. Uh, people were sending me basically condolences and i i was like um i like i you know i'm i'm just about to like enjoy my summer and do a little freelancing and like not have to go into the office so i'm i'm like not i'm i like you don't need to you don't need to feel sorry for me uh um <laughs> this is really only this is only like my you know third official day because i we so, we sort of went on a little vacation right after my last day of work and this is only like my third weekday of like waking up and not having to not having to get get into slack right away or something. So I'm still figuring out I'm sort of still figuring out how to uh, how to schedule my time. But it's early enough still, too, that I'm not panicking about how little I've accomplished.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's always the trick in the summer. It's like that old that old high school problem where, like, you have a fun time in the summer and then you're like, oh, no. Well, I guess that's not high school. It's more yeah. college where you're just like, I haven't done I anything. <laughs> it's, it's August that I was supposed to do. So I know. much.
1: Like I, I had so many things I was going to do. So like, right now I'm still in the like I'm in the making the list of things I'm going to do phase and not in the like, why didn't I do that yet? phase.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's nice. I mean, like it, it seems like uh, I mean, it's kind of perfect that it's the summer, too. At least you didn't get fired or uh, get bought out, excuse me, in um, in, uh, you know, February or something. No, yeah. The worst time, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, so uh, how is, like, I I do want to talk to you about games, but I also want to talk to you a little bit about media because I think, like, one of the weird things about the show is that it has intersected with media so much, uh, mainly just because, like, I think a lot of the people I ended up talking to and a lot of the people online are kind of in this weird, uh, precarious media bubble. Um, And if they're not in that, they're in the weird, precarious video game bubble. Like, it it seems like the kind of... um, uh, the, the, the making precarious of work, the sort of like work on demand culture we have, Mm. um, kind of touches everyone. So, I mean, how have you, how you, you've had a couple of, of really, of really good gigs. And then also some gigs that were just like, like your brief time on Deadspin, everyone was super happy. You got put on Deadspin and then, uh, with the, the GMG buyout, um, it just like, it it sort of seems so brief. So, I mean, has it been stressful for you all this, all this turnover? Has it been, have you been able to go with the flow? Like how, how has your experience been of it?
1: Um, I, uh, I definitely, I've, I've been a little, uh, uh I've had a little, let a little bit of a charmed life, uh, in my career because well, <laughs> I mean, it does like when it seems like, um, things have, have sort of gotten, uh, or, you know, things have generally popped up for me, but it is, it's funny though, because like, if I had been, if I would gotten into this, um. 10, 15 years earlier, like, I think my career would probably look pretty different because I probably would, uh, first of all, like, I, I like would have probably had to work my way up a little bit more, but then once I did, and I, I just mean in the sense that, like, I sort of got thrown into this head first uh, with, with Gawker and Wong Ket as a pretty large audience before I had really any professional experience. Um, right. So, but I would have, you know, I probably would have had to work my way up, up a little bit more, but then, like, once I reached... I guess, whatever level I'm at now, like I wouldn't, uh, the, the idea of a job search would just be crazy. Cause I'd be, I'd be John, I'd be John Chait or something. I'd be installed. I'd be installed at a magazine. Uh, I was going to
0: say, would you be, would you be Michael Barbaro? Would I yeah. would be hearing your dulcet tones on the daily? <laughs> Possibly. <that> a...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's, you know, uh, and now I'm uh, me and, and, a bunch of my very, very talented colleagues are sort of uh, out in this job market and, And a lot of these people are very highly sought after, and I know some of my friends have already uh, received offers for work. But, you know, we sort of look around and it's like if you're not uh, basically an incumbent with one of those um, very nice lifetime gigs... Um, you do sort of feel like well i'm just I'm just gonna be hopping around for until I decide I want to move into PR or something you know <laughs> like I don't know right. like it yeah. just, like nothing nothing feels permanent especially in the online media right now where um, everything it is is sort of and and you know ev- a lot of things are are undergirded by basically fraud and in the sense of like <laughs> like there are there are there are sites that no one is reading that are faking their audience numbers there are sites that are very precariously funded that, uh, are, are expanding and then have to cut people and then go on this weird investment cycle of like building up, like breaking down, building up, breaking down. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is insiders done that a lot, right?
0: Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, what's the other one? Well, that's one that I remember a lot of people were like working for that. I knew, and it was like a big, big uh, hiring push. And then like three months after the hiring push, there were layoffs almost across the board. And then there was another hiring push. It seems like, yeah, very
1: cyclical. Yeah, it is. Um, and I mean, it, it happens all over. And and, sure. and business, business Insider actually, like they got a ton of money. Um, so they're, they're, for them, who even knows it's like what the actual game plan is. But, you know, like uh, you look at the, the, uh, the uh, Grantland folks, some of them hopping over to the ringer where like we didn't even really know who was investing in it for a long time. And it's like, right. um, you know, you just don't know how, even if people love it, even if, even if you have a, a dedicated audience that loves it, um, you just don't know how sustainable it is as a business because uh, the money gets scared or, or, or goes elsewhere, somewhere sexier. And uh, so, you know, being, especially in the, in being in the written word, part of this is like, um, you know, I, I think I'll, I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried in the short term about what I'm going to do next, but like in the, in the, you know, zooming out to the medium term I'm like I don't know like what is my path so <laughs> uh, but yeah it's 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 something that I've I've reckoned with
0: too and that like a lot of people who uh enjoy my writing will listen to the podcast and say uh you know like oh I would love to see more if you're writing like you need to it'd be great if you did more writing and like I hear what they're saying and I'm trying to do more and then that's that's great it's very very flattering especially you know coming from a PhD program where you do a lot of good writing and no one cares um, <laughs> but like it, it's such a, it's such a, uh, how to say this, there's a limiting sort of return, right? Where like, it, it takes so much time to do and you never have any idea how many people read it and you can put out a podcast and it's like, well, people will listen to this cause they can do it while they drive or they can do it while they're cleaning. Or they, you <laughs> know, it's, it, it's easier. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, you, you spend, however many hours crafting a really good essay or a really good article or even a short article. I mean, it takes time. And you just like, well, unless I'm getting paid by a company, was this worth it? Oh, yeah. Which is a terrible
1: way to think oh. about it, but it's, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Not to no, totally. Totally. And uh, um, the, and you know, there, there's always some like version of that too, even in, in, in writing, like it, it would always be the case where the, some of the things that would just sort of blow up and, and, and become our most highly, uh, trafficked things of the year or something would, it would never be the things you would want it to be. But so that's one of the sort of funny things about, I guess, the, the attention economy. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard. Like there's always this debate in, uh, journalism and, and media circles about, you know, working for free and writing for free. Um, and, you know, some people are, are adamantly against it. Um, and, you know, it's, but my feeling is always like it's, it's fine to do it if it's a labor of love for your friends, but like not if like someone is making money off of you. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think yeah. if that's I do hope that people can still find like um, <clears throat> not like the time, but also the passion to like want to do those sorts of small projects that um, are like where all the fun things sort of come from. Um, you know, like and I, you know, my I miss the all my my which launched by friends of mine. Uh, years ago and, and then closed because it eventually was like putting a lot of work into it and it, it sort of reached the size it was going to reach and and wasn't necessarily going to get bigger but i think you know we need we need more we need more things like that
0: yeah i had a buddy who had a had a um a vaguely a fairly successful uh satire website in uh in from high school into college and like called the enduring vision and uh, it was funny. I mean, he, he did a good job with it. Uh, I, I was really very impressed with a lot of the writing on it. And then at a certain point it was post-college. He had, it had been running for like 10 years and he was like, this takes my yeah. time and pays me nothing. Like, what yeah. am I doing? And he just, he's like, it's gotta end. I, God, I always, I
1: always anymore. think about, and I don't actually know all this, all of his story, but I always think about uh, the Akewood guy. Uh, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Monster, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. exactly.
0: Like it seems like it seems like the landscape is peppered with guys like that. Where it's like Sports by Brooks was another version of that. Where like it was a a dude just yeah. doing a ton of blogging and then he fell yeah. off the map. I remember uh, I think it was like Jeff Perlman or something was going to do a, a an article on him and apparently like he did all the research and found found out where he was and what he was doing. And later he was just like, I'm not going to do that article. It's just it's it's invasive.
1: And yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. I it's remember like, reading. Man, yeah. it's just the saddest. I know. Man. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it totally was. Because yeah, because sometimes you want. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. Yeah, like sometimes the the mystery, the the, the answer of the mystery is just like, well, like life happened, and like I'm just trying to live my life. Right. <laughs>
0: You know, like, oh, well, why is there no more Akewood? Well, I had a divorce, and uh, I decided to yes. go do something else. Like, <laughs> oh. It's like, man, okay, what, what, what am I gonna say? Like, you should keep drawing the comic. Yeah, I keep, like instead of keep making uh, the funny animals that. for me,
1: please. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think like the, the, the time that that sort of sunk in for me actually was with Akewood when I was I was mad at Onstad for quitting the comic, and uh, I guess he started like a craft soda business yeah. for a while. Like that was what he was doing, and I was like, "This guy, like, what is he doing? Like, a like, craft soda business? How worthless!" And I'm thinking, like, this is just yeah. this guy's life. Like, he <laughs> could
1: do whatever he wants. Exactly. exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right, and like, it's it, it is odd. Like, so let me ask you: Are you? You don't have to answer if you don't have an answer. But like, are you thinking of doing longer form writing, like? Do you have a book in you? Or are you Are you thinking
1: in that? Yeah, direction? I mean, I, I so I've been um, you know since well for a little while now. I've been uh, editing probably more than writing, and uh, and then I over okay. the last few months, sort of before I left the job, I was trying to readjust that balance to to get back into writing more often. And I think like what I do want to do um, is like right now exercise the 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 longer form writing muscles because I they they did they sort of atrophied a little bit, especially not just because I not just because I was editing, but also because I was on the daily news hamster wheel as I always sort of call it, which is like when you're when you are at a at a news blog and there's a lot of news happening and you are an editor, like you, you have to sort of be on top of that instead of thinking in a big picture. Uh, Yeah. And I, you know, sure. Yeah. And I definitely like, yeah, I want to write, I want to write, you know, I would like to write some longer essays. I'd like to go travel and and report from, you know, somewhere, go tell some like stories. And I haven't had a lot of chances to do that either recently. Um, And they're probably like, I don't, I'm not working on anything right now, but like, yeah, I definitely want to write a book. Uh, What has, has, what has stopped me in the past is like, I, I want to write a good book. <laughs> so, like I, no, I, I being, like, I keep being, like, like, I could write that, but it would be, like, lazy, or it would be, you know, so anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Do a cash-in. Woodward and Bernstein, the Yeah. The awkward, the yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I hope I hope that over the next few months, people will be seeing a lot of, like, different kinds of things from me, as long as I can sort of get my ass in gear. Cool.
0: Well, that, yeah, and that's, that's cool. Like, I mean, something about the way you were talking about short form there really made me think about it. Cause the, you know, the, the difference between short form and long form and particularly books, which everyone seems to be like focusing on, like I'm working on a book. I know, um, uh, obviously the Chapo guys are working on one, all sorts of people are working on books on Twitter at this point. And like it, it's cool and that's really great. And, and, you know, I, I, as a book reader, I'm all for it, but, uh, it, it's also like there is so much cool stuff that just comes out of people writing you know 1,000 to 4,000 yeah. pieces into the void
1: um and there's that bat like it, it's just such a tough that's been my primary medium there. for many years so I'm actually I'm actually I'm very I'm very <laughs> fond of it I'm very fond of that but you know the, the case for a book is and I you know I can say this having had my almost my entire career be only online is like that thing's gonna not only it's not only is it gonna go in the Library of Congress, it's gonna go in real libraries, and it's gonna last. And and right. God knows if the guy who if the bustle guy fucks with the Gawker archives, like that's you know, <laughs> there's there's my work. <laughs> like, there, it goes. <laughs> there it goes. Well, yeah. you have the PDFs. Right? Yeah, I do. I mean, and, and people have been because like I, I I a lot of the, my former colleagues can tell you like we weren't ever you rarely are thinking about. Uh, uh, posterity while you're blogging about Newt Gingrich or something um, but uh, <laughs> like we do we do, we have the archives and it's really like the the sad thing will be and this is not just what, this is not just Gawker but this is the entire internet the sad thing will be like when you know you have your own archives but they're like it's just hard for anyone else to access them um, so and, and this, yeah. it's like yeah. various uh, CMS changes and redesigns over the years have already rendered a ton of what I've done not gone, but inaccessible, which is, you know, it's that's why that's when you start thinking like, all right, I guess I'm I, I guess print has its benefits.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it's, it, I, I started yeah. thinking that way when Gothamist, because uh, I mean, you know, I I've never, I've never been staff on any of these productions except on like a, you know, SB nation blog and a little bit on baseball perspectives, but like, you know, the, when Gothamist, uh, yeah. Took down everything, and the people even lost yeah. their their like CV, basically, or their at least their samples. It struck me I was like, man, this stuff is like not yeah.
1: You know, I was just talking <laughs> to someone, uh, a friend of mine, who uh, has been in the very very early days since like working this industry since the early days of, of online media. He was a suck. He was at suck, which was mm-hmm. um, the, the kids. The kids won't remember, but oh. back in the back in the earliest days of purely online publishing. You basically had Salon, and then you Slate, uh, and then you had Suck, which was sort of like the the more... Uh, I, the, almost like the term snarky, which was thrown around about the gawker, was almost invented for Suck, first of all. But it was like the more sort of sarcastic and witty and with it one, uh, as opposed to the, a, a more earnest uh, Slate and Salon. Um, yeah. Yeah, kind of like an old... And, uh, um, yeah. you know, and it was, at the time, huge... At the time, hugely, hugely influential. It was definitely influential on, on Gawker, um, and it, it's, it's gone. <laughs> like we were just like, yeah, he he, yeah. he has some of his archives, <laughs> but it's like not, it's not just gone from the internet, but it's just gone from people's consciousness, like too. And, and, and in a way that to use another example of of a, of a place that gets thrown around as legendary all the time, like Spy, isn't because you can still you can get print copies oh, of Spy. Yeah. Like they're, you can get them pretty cheap on eBay, and they're in libraries, and they put out a book so um yeah people have them on their
0: bookshelves and that that encourages nostalgia yeah that's interesting like i've never really thought about and it's funny you know doing a video game podcast you think i would but i never really thought about the fact that um yeah a lot of this a lot of this is like it's not necessarily about personal uh longevity of work uh you know i I would never think like oh is are my blog posts going to be uh yeah. That's not really right. A lot. But, it, you know, like if you told me, oh, well, you know, baseball prospectus, the website will fall into the sea. It's like, yeah. oh, that impacts me kind <laughs> of uh, more personally <laughs> than, than losing my, my pieces. And I never really thought yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. It really does. Like, you know, we remember old video games because we had them and we still do on our shows yeah. or whatever. Um, not because, like, you know, they existed nebulously. Actually, the
1: video games are, are actually what. The, the, and I think it all sort of happened not through the works of any of the people, the companies that making them, but through the works of the people playing them. Like the, the way that they've been preserved, mm-hmm. like uh, digitally preserved has actually been really cool. Um, cause I, it was like, wasn't, I mean, it was the yeah. pirates who were doing all the preserving basically, but like they sort of. <laughs> yeah. The
0: early, early days of emulation yeah. and all. Absolutely. Yeah. Fan translations. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and that's actually, I mean, the, the video games in that way are sort of like a, um, they're kind of like that. That I mean, people laugh about it now, and, and for good reason, because of course, like now the internet is just the nightmare machine uh, that pumps out more and more racism uh, on a daily basis in new and surprising <laughs> yeah. ways. Um, but you know, the, the promise of the internet was like, oh, it'll connect cultures; like there won't be sort of the same divides as we have. You know, you'll 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 be able to talk to people all across the world, yeah, all that stuff. But in a way, like those those fan translations, where it was like, yeah, we have you know, now you can play this RPG that you knew was like the prequel or the sequel to this one you super liked and only came out in yeah. Japan and you always wanted to play it, but you can't speak Japanese and you don't have a Japanese NES yeah. or whatever. Like, well, here it is for free. Now <laughs> yeah. You can play it. Yeah.
1: That's like, and I don't know, I, I guess sometimes I get a little nostalgic for like early ish internet stuff, but that is exactly the kind of stuff where it felt like, uh, uh, oh, this was the whole point of it. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I guess like, you know, the, the stuff I get nostalgic for in the early internet wasn't really the point of it. It was just like it was just, you know, I get nostalgic for GeoCities yeah. sites or whatever. And it's like, well, I mean, if I'm being if I'm being honest, uh, that, you know, the the junky, uh, janky site that I learned about like DC comics on probably is better done. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm being honest, like that's yeah. just a, that's just a personal preference. Yeah. But yeah, I mean there's something there's something particular about well, the yeah. work. Um, and that is,
1: I and I yeah. I think of it too. What 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 bums me out is the way um forums died, especially like spe- specialist forums where like or enthusiasts, I mean enthusiast forums, because everything everything got swallowed by Facebook on the one hand and Reddit on the other hand, because Reddit became sort of like the the Uber forum, which sucks because it's not it's not right. I don't like I don't like the the community some some of the communities are toxic and terrible. The, and the, the format itself, like, is not actually good for discussion. But, like, you know, there used to be, like, if you cared about a topic a lot, there was a specialist forum for it where all the other people who cared about it a lot were there. And it was usually, like, they were uh, they were always devolving into flame wars and, and it was, like, every sort of internet toxicity came out of these forums. But they were still, like, where where you could <laughs> actually, like, uh, um, I mean, you you it, I think you I certainly learned, uh, a lot more about music from sort of specialist uh, uh, music forums, uh, even than even the, the Spotify algorithm can give me now. You know.
0: Yeah. No. I'll, I'll often say to uh, I don't know. You know. Do you know Kthor? Mm-hmm. Um, Kthor. What's his last name. Why don't I remember Kthor's last name? Oh, uh, anyway, he's a good dude on on Twitter. Um, yeah. Jensen? Maybe. that's um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah uh but um but he's a he's a good dude and like uh if, if people don't know him but he um he ran a bunch of forums back in the day and like one of the forums he was on but didn't run was this uh this old live journal community called and i probably mentioned it on the show before but uh this live journal community called uh fuck you crew <laughs> um which was just like it was it was the most abusive thing you could possibly imagine um and i don't like i don't know why i you know, look back on it fondly and don't think (laughs) fondly of other abusive things on the internet now. But like, basically people would come with their live journals and be like, here are my 20 favorite bands. And if they liked you and they liked your picks, they would ask you questions about them. And then if you answered those questions, you'd be allowed into the fuck you crew. And Thor (laughs) was one of the members. Um, And... And it was like, it was brutal. Like people would post their their stuff and they'd be like, no <laughs> band. And they just have these band macros and you'd be banned from the site forever. Um, you, yeah. know, you know, black people on your list, band, uh, you know, you, no rap band. Like, and it was, it was wild. Like it was, it was, they were very, what was interesting about it was it was very high level sort of like music criticism in its own way. Cause yeah. they just like, they liked stuff you never heard of. And so it was kind of like stumbling on this extremely elite group that, you know, you could kind of yeah. uh, be a fly on the wall for, which yeah, I it no, really, right? yeah. doesn't have that same feel. Yeah. So actually, that leads me into thinking about video games a little bit, because you were saying you were a big you were a big video game kid. You played video games as a kid. Yeah. SNES, Genesis, that kind of stuff. Did you ever feel like you were kind of part of a of like a, a club playing those games? Because I feel like when we were growing up and I'm assuming we're roughly the same age. I'm 33. Uh, yeah, we're we're just about the same age. I'm turning thirty-three this okay. this month. <clears throat> okay, okay. Um, so I, I know when, when I was growing up and, and where I was growing up, uh it wasn't like gaming was cool like it is now. Like yeah. you can, you know, go to a restaurant. Uh, this is not, you know, new news, but you can go to a restaurant and like I was at a restaurant the other day and the kids were at the kids' table playing and everyone was playing Fortnite. <laughs> they just were obviously playing Fortnite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that if you had a Game Boy, uh, you know, at a restaurant, your parents would like, you know, be having conversations with your aunts and uncles, like, I hope he gets normal soon. You know, that kind of thing. And like, uh, now it's just normal. Yeah. So I feel like when, when we were kids, it was much more rarefied or like much more sort of, uh, well, like the forums, like it was specialized. Like you, you know, you had video game enthusiasts and they weren't, they were like hung out with other video game enthusiasts. Yeah. And not that that's a good thing in its face, but did it ever feel to you like you were part of like a club or a
1: scene that way? Um, well, I mean, no. So it's funny because it, I think on the one like it, it, it felt in one way it did already feel normal in the sense that like like I think people were like you weren't supposed to have your Game Boy at the restaurant, but on the other hand, like Dad wanted to beat his Tetris high score, like so, <laughs> and you know, and like Tetris was it was like the best selling thing ever in the world, you know. So it did it, it did in one sense feel like uh like not it felt less like a club than it does now because everyone played tetris and everyone played mario and like you and all your friends mm-hmm. at school would like just talk about mario like it was a normal thing um but on the other hand i i always remember that, like this like games cost uh 60 bucks or more and you got yeah. two of them a year <laughs> you know uh um. yeah and that's actually that's actually come up a lot on the show recently <laughs> that like
0: the way we used to play video games like, I'll oh, you know, I'm looking at my Steam library right now and like, you know, I have I have hundreds of games in here, many of which I haven't played because it's like, oh, it's on sale for three
1: dollars. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I'll just get that. <laughs> for-
0: yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, that's cheap. Uh, but yeah, back in the day, it was like, well, I hope my parents get me the game I asked for um even if they don't it's my only game until my birthday so yeah no,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly like you it was like yeah you get you get the birthday game and then you get like the christmas game um and then maybe you save up your money and, and you buy yourself something in the meantime and then that's why like the game boy right. i feel like the game boy games were a little cheaper so that was great because like you could actually i so the other thing here is like uh, I, I i was i was actually fairly spoiled because um as a <laughs> child of divorce. You know, like I had. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was like, like oh, so I had the Super Nintendo at home, and then Dad bought a Genesis. So, like that was already You had.
0: (laughs) Am I talking to a mirror? This is is exactly my son of it. Oh man, yeah, but SNES was at my mom's. and My dad had the Genesis, and actually, we got the we got the uh, we got the Sega CD add-on too. Oh
1: my God! Yeah, I never got that. I wanted that. It was so bad. (laughs) I wanted it because. Well, what's like I got um, uh, I, I got I would I subscribed to uh, EGM like I, oh, I, okay. I fucking um, which and what's funny is that like I actually I cared a lot about this for a short period of my life. And then it all sort of fell off basically when I became uh, when I went to uh, college. And, you know, I, but uh, for a little while, um, yeah, like I, I desperately wanted I wanted the Sega CD. I wanted uh but I, you know, I wanted the Saturn like I mean, I never actually got the Saturn, but I desperately wanted these things. <laughs> yeah, Saturn was one that I wanted to. I
0: remember going to a like an appliance store with my dad and uh, they had a out of places an appliance store had this like a, a setup of a 3DO. Oh. Like a big oh, yeah. Where you could like look at the games and play them. And I was like, I was fascinated by it. And it was a thousand dollars. I remember, which is yeah. still like. Yeah, it's amazing that they could make a price on that. That like now you're still looking at machines and you're like, well, a PlayStation Pro costs forty percent of that. Like yeah. I still haven't caught up to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I remember, and I was just like, man, that is so cool. And I think my dad thought for a second about getting it for mm-hmm. me, and then it was mm-hmm. too expensive. And
1: thank God he didn't. Like, what a what a boondoggle that would. Have been. <laughs> um, but yeah, and but that's I, and I think too, it's like I you know, but what I think back. I, and I remember EGM, it was the greatest magazine, because every month it would be like, this game won't come out for months, but I'm like salivating over it. But at, at the same oh, time... The, vid- the, the images they'd show were so so were. encouraging. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, be- because I was only getting two games a year, I was never going to play 90% of these games. Like 90% of them I would never touch unless my friend yeah, right. had them. And actually, thank God for Blockbuster, because that was where you got to play all these things that you would never actually got to buy. Get to buy. Um, but it was like, it, it was this weird sort of fandom where it was like, um, imagining what, what these things you would, and so it actually then too, I was like never actually very good at video games either. Cause I, I was very good at the ones I was very good at the ones I owned, but no other games.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And and then, and then like, it depended on which ones you owned at a certain point and like who yeah. you played with and what you did. Like I, I was very good at street fighter with my friends, yeah, like I could beat them, but they weren't good at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like whenever, like I, I, remember I went to I went to Combo Breaker this year, like a fighting game tournament, and uh, I, I enrolled in a couple of them just you know for for journalistic integrity, let's call it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I got housed like immediately, <laughs> and then I watched the Street Fighter tournaments, and I was like, like they ha- still have a Street Fighter Two tournament. And I was like, these guys are playing a different game than I was.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah, like yeah.
0: that that kind of thing where it was just like localized like you and your friends were playing it and the only sort of uh grasping you got at the larger game world was when EGM came out or Nintendo Power came out or Game uh Game Pro came out yeah. and you got to see like oh man like uh you know 1999 it's coming up in like 2 years yeah. and that's when I'm going to play this game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh So did you like what what games did you play? What games were you good at? What was your what was your thing?
1: Well, uh um my the, the game to this day the the games the actual games that I would consider myself to be actually genuinely good at are basically only platformers. <laughs> but I'm actually like okay, I'm a good right. platformer player. Um but uh so you know, I mean I Mario and Sonic obviously and the the Donkey Kong Country games um and uh but you know, my like Excellent. my favorite um who were my favorite, like, outside of those sort of obvious ones? I, you know, like, nothing. What's funny is that I never got it because because of that, like, two games of year thing. I, I like, RPGs basically skipped past me completely. Like, my friends, hmm. uh, my friends, like, loved Final Fantasy, and I just never even owned one. I never even owned a Final Fantasy game, so I, like, never got good at them.
0: Um, That's so interesting, because, yeah. like, I remember part of the appeal of RPGs back then, and, like, part of the unappeal now for me is that, like, they're so long.
1: Yeah. Like, you get get so much out of it. Well, so I think for because I was also um, my, a computer game player because my, my dad, again, my dad was a computer engineer. So we always actually had a nice computer at home. Um, and but so he would buy games, too. So for me, it was like the things if I was going to spend a long time on it were the SIM games, usually. Um, okay. uh, so like basically all the Maxis SIM games I loved. Um, and, yeah, uh, Sim, Sim yeah. Sim Sim Ant. Yeah. Sim Ant. Sim Copter. Like oh, when they were just making weird. Sim World. They were making like really weird ones. Like I think like Will Wright was just like I want to like you know they'd be like Sim Hospital and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I played... Uh, one of
0: one of the people who who were the first backers like the first sort of like uh, backers on the Patreon where they got a uh, you know like you can make me play these games thing. One of the games they made me play um, and it was awesome. Like I'm glad they made me play it was uh, Sim Golf, oh. which is just surreal it's just the strangest (laughs) game and like it clear it was clearly like well right at some point was like well we've we've mastered the harder things let's like zoom in super far and see what happens yeah
1: (laughs) um so then uh so i would play and the other thing i the other thing i love were adventure games the lucas arts games were like okay yeah um and so it's actually been like i'm like oh like those are cool again sort of like so i'm actually very pleased about that because i i took that's I took right. a very long gaming hiatus basically when I like became a I don't have a TV guy like when I went to college and and I didn't I basically like didn't I <laughs> you were an I you were you were an I don't have a TV guy like you were were you like pretty serious about no that? I mean it wasn't it wasn't like I took a philosophical stand against it but I was a little smug I mean I was a little smug about it but I was like I don't I don't need it <laughs> um, which like not, I mean, I don't blame you. It's a classic,
0: you have to be smug about something when you're like, yeah,
1: exactly. So like, um, and then what ended up happening, and I feel like a lot of people who grew up with, um, basically like Nintendo kids like me, like uh, something similar happened if they, if they didn't graduate to the PlayStation, which I didn't do, um, then uh, like a lot of that sort of skipped by them. So like, um, I never, I never really got into shooters. Although, you know, I played a lot of the very first Wolfenstein on my, on my dad's computer. Um, uh, but, like, it, yeah. once it advanced beyond that, it was like I, I was no longer technically adept enough for any of it. Uh, so um, uh, so then, yeah, like, it definitely just felt like uh, what felt to me like I've, uh, you know, I've grown past all this was really just me being like, um, I'm no longer good enough at this to want to keep trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, which is something that, like,
0: you know. It's not the reason, like, I, I took a hiatus, too, on video games. And it was kind of because, like, I didn't get any enjoyment out of them. Like, I wasn't enjoying playing them. Like, I had no drive to play them. Um, and when I came back to them, it was when, like, well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say when I came back to them. But, like, one of the things that kept me from going all in before the um, before the podcast was, like, I, I was just thinking, like, I'm so bad at these games. Like, and every game is competitive now. Like I don't want to. I don't want to go like get yelled at by a bunch yeah. of twelve year olds because I can't. Like I'm not good at a shooter enough to you know
1: follow the military <laughs> commands. <I'm> getting, yeah, <laughs> like my quarters. That by. absolutely was a thing where it just it felt like um like the exactly the kind of games I was just talking about, especially the, especially on the PC. Like it, it felt like those aren't a thing they make anymore. So like this is not for me at all anymore. Um,
0: right. Yeah. So when did you get back into it? Cause I know like for me, the, the impetus was uh, having a, a baby where like the baby in the early days, sleeps like so fitfully and weird that like, you know, you, you sort of get these, like you play with them for 15 minutes and then they need to take a nap again and their nap can last like 20 minutes. And it's just this yeah. weird cycle. Um, that like, I would just, I just started playing yeah. <laughs> Skyrim and uh like i just like i would get a little bit in and then the baby would start crying and i pause it and save it and turn it off and then when the baby went to sleep i'd turn it back on and that was really my my reintroduction into it um and that's like where i learned that like oh actually i like these things because they take my mind off stuff i can yeah.
1: relax um what was your what was your yeah you know, it was then? it was just and it was basically just nostalgia a couple of years ago and i think i i, I had it was before okay. i have a kid now but it was before i had a kid and i but i had already become much more domestic. I've, I've lived with my partner for years now and you know we're not like going out and partying so much so it was just like i got a little nostalgic for my the games of my childhood and started downloading emulators and like yeah (laughs) and and it was like through the emulators just playing these old games that i was like okay you know what i'm gonna go pick up a 3ds and like the 3ds totally got me back into it It, and part of it was this like um cool uh being able like to I think people like people love this about the Switch now but it was definitely on 3DS like oh I can like any game can be paused indefinitely and restarted whenever you paused it which is not a thing when you were a kid like that was not like you couldn't play games that way <laughs> so <laughs> such a nightmare
0: Yeah I I was talking to someone about uh wow uh yeah. recently World of Warcraft and they were like yeah my mom never really got one I was like raiding I uh, she was in a raiding guild and she was like you know, my mom would do a lot of things. Like, well, can you pause it <laughs> Like, it doesn't work that way, mom. And that was, like, immediately, like, I understood yeah. what she meant. I was like, oh, yeah. No, like, oh, well, uh, time to stop the game. It's dinner time.
1: It's like, do you understand where I'm at
0: in this game? Like, there's no way but I like, can stop it
1: here. Yeah, you're no. And, and, or, yeah, especially, like, you're doing it. And and they were, like, back, I mean, God, we had dial-up for a long time, too. So it was like, you got to get offline. And it's like, no, you, I'm, you, I'm, like, you can't. I can't get offline right now. But, like, are you me the yeah. download's going to stop? <laughs> but the cool <laughs> thing about that? the 3DS was, like, it also had the DS library, and I, that, I, that I had completely skipped past the DS, And uh, um, but it was, like, all these single-player games, too, where I didn't have to be competitive online with people. Like, they, they, had, they had been making all of these really super fun single-player games for years that I didn't know about, and then suddenly, like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't know about Ace Attorney, but Ace Attorney's awesome. And if you, like, if you had grown up with the LucasArts yeah. Adventure games, you were like... Oh, like these weirdos, mostly in Japan, are still making a bunch of like these like funny single-player story games that don't require like twitch-fast impulses to win. Um, so I got you know I I like by starting with buying like the Mario games I had missed. I was like, oh, cool, like Ace Attorney games and those weird like the nine 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 and uh, all these like uh, sure. uh, so yep. yeah like that I I and then like. Uh, I just sort of got back into it as like a thing to do, to relax, sort of. And then um, I had a kid a year and a half ago, and uh, um, I was like, um, "Oh, like just like you were saying, like the the uh, games when you are on this weird." Because I, I was on paternity leave from work too, so it was like, um, "I can't leave mm. the house and I can't consistently sleep, uh, but I also can't like." You know, I have I have a lot of downtime, and then like sudden unexpected time that I'm on call. Um, so it was like, a, yeah, yeah. a lot of downtime, and yeah. your brain doesn't work anymore. And so like you can you can't yeah. like you can't read a book. <laughs> yeah, not- uh, but yeah, you can you can you can play Zelda, like, and you can pause Zelda, and you can be like, yeah, all right, exactly. I can take a break from Zelda because the kid needs me, and then like when he's passed back out, I can be like, all right, back to Zelda. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, and you know i'm i'm still like uh i think I told you right before we started taping like i'm definitely still like a filthy casual, but i'm like i'm i'm loving like uh i'm having a lot- i'm having a lot of fun like uh uh especially like with the three d s like i said i had a lot of fun finding all these little things i had missed
0: yeah definitely no i, I think that's cool like i mean you know this is this is kind of uh this is kind of pushing you into a corner and I, I don't mean to but the i mean do you think like you know your whole career is seemingly and i I say this as someone who's the same way but um your whole career is like seemingly based around uh like narrative like you're you're kind of like you're kind of a narrative guy (laughs) like it or not in a certain way i mean do you think do you think like that that kind of the fact that you are drawn to those games the fact that you found out that games sort of like are returning to like more narrative spaces particularly in nintendo games i mean is that a draw for you is that something that like just speaks to you as a person, or is it just kind of
1: incidentally... You know, I, uh, I you think enjoy. that um, it's almost that the two... There are two I get two different things, two, two different sorts of games appeal to me, and one of them is definitely, like, um, very non... Like, the classic Nintendo non-narrative at all, like, you're like, Mario Kart or whatever. Like, there's no narrative in Mario Kart, obviously. Um, uh, but, like, it definitely... It, yeah, actually, I mean, maybe it needs... Yeah, actually, like, yeah, maybe it needs, like, a like hundred hours of story, but... Um, but no, it, it's like the, um, the, the, like my favorite game for many, many years was grim Fandango. And it was my favorite game because it was beautifully written and it, it really still is like sure. a, 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 gorgeous and, and like, and gorgeous genuinely game. well-written game in a way that a lot of games that I'm told have like good writing don't generally have good writing. Um, but yeah.
0: they have a remaster. Out. You can, oh yeah. You can yeah. Yeah. steamer Yeah.
1: Anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, I, no, definitely. <laughs> and, and, uh, um, but uh, but the other thing, I guess, what's um, these these are games that don't have branching narratives and like you are stuck on the on the the story that was written for you. And I think that might appeal to me as a writer because I know that um, I, I, you know I'm actually getting something that was written, <laughs> like I'm getting I'm getting something that was mm, that was crafted. Yeah. And I like I like I like the story to go you know, ABC along the beeps that someone has actually written. And I, I just don't think, I think it would just take far too many, um both man and computer hours of work to make uh, a genuinely like open narrative in the way people really want games or think they want games to go. You know, um, it would actually like, it, I, like just knowing yeah. what amount of work goes into writing. Um, I know that it would take many, many, many man hours in order to do something that truly had these like the sort of, you know branching open narratives that that people think they, and people think computers could do it and like they they can't yet <laughs> um, but uh Not really <laughs> yeah they can make an
0: atmosphere that's that's something yeah. that computers can do but they've been able to totally. do that for yeah you.
1: yeah so I'm, I'm i'm actually happy to yeah, see so. that that like the, the 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 adventure game is kind of coming back in style and actually there were two really cool ones uh um that I played on the Switch. Well a night in the woods I thought was really, really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah? Yeah, friend yeah. of the
0: friend of the show Scott Benson. Um but yeah, he's been on he's I've had him on like uh oh cool. I didn't realize that. that yeah I I've had well, him like three I mean, or four times.
1: Yeah um, um that game was like a, a complete delight. Um and uh um and you know and and uh I think the, uh, the other one I, I also played on the Switch that I thought Actually, did the first cool thing that I've seen, and again, like I'm, you know, I'm speaking like I, I actually know I don't play a lot of games, but, um, but I'm so just like maybe there are other that's people okay. doing these things. For the first time, I saw like, a, I know they are, <laughs> um, was uh, oxen free. Right I thought had a really cool, um, you know, which one I'm talking about oxen free. Yes. Okay. Yes. It is. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it had this really cool dialogue thing where it was like the, the you had to pick the dialogue options and they would actually interrupt each other. Oh, that's cool. and like you were you were still you were still broadly set on this narrative that the writers cuz it was like you got you got dialogue options and you could choose not to say things and it would affect the conversation um and there are you know multiple endings and you have to play through multiple times to get to multiple endings um so it definitely was like like you know, it's like it's a cool branching narrative but still it was still written by people to follow one storyline but the dialogue that i thought was really cool about it was that it was actually like like the uh, actually conversational so i was like all right cool but I guess it is—it is about me, like appreciating the craft of writing, I guess, to some degree.
0: Yeah, I mean, I—I I think what you're saying is really interesting too, because there's this—there's this way that we, I think, like around, around the release of Fable, um, when like Fable came out, and everyone was like, okay, now we got morality as like a mechanic, and this is going to change everything, <laughs> and everyone just kind of realized, like, well, I can do the really evil thing, or I can do the really good thing. And uh, it's obvious what those two things are. <laughs> this is very yeah. interesting. Um, <laughs> yes, and like it, I think people sort of, sort of reacted and thought like, well, I mean, how much do I care about, you know, different endings based on my choices? And and I think the answer becomes like, people like that, and people like the idea of being able to impact the story and stuff. But you kind of go back to an old uh, old format, like uh, Planescape Torment's a good example of this. An old uh, an old RPG um, that's still like, I mean, the writing is. Incredibly crisp on it i was shocked when i replayed it um it's very very well done but like that's a game where you can make incredibly cruel and incredibly kind choices um and it impacts certain things in the game but you don't really know what they impact so it really does feel like okay i'm on a particular narrative like you still are yeah, on a yeah, linear yeah. narrative but you get to pick like how you pick and how you sort of like unpack it or like undertale i don't know if you played undertale but um
1: I haven't yet but I know everyone says I have to. But I haven't played it yet. You'd really enjoy mm-hmm.
0: it. It's like I yeah. I I won't spoil it, but I'll I'll tease it by yeah. saying like it's a really interesting game in terms of narrative because basically you do have a lot of choices you can be making, but you don't really know those choices as you're going. Like and and yeah. in so as it's a complete piece, like no matter what choices you make and and people have said this about Life is Strange too. Like no matter what choices you make, you're still getting the same kind of like narrative arc which is Mm. i mean that's kind of what you're describing like it's very um so that's a hard thing to do as a writer and it's like it's impressive when people pull it off as opposed to like you know we 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 all kind of grew out of choose your own adventures but we still think that that's kind of how we want our video
1: games to go yeah (laughs) yes and then but and then because like the you know people who play games are usually completists too you're you're oftentimes you're just like you're just checking the box to get to that, you know, to follow that little path or whatever, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, and, and a lot of it becomes with, especially when you're like, all right, we're, we're, in, we're in, introducing morality into it. I mean, it, like you said, it becomes a, not not necessarily it becomes uh, an sat question you know it becomes like what what did what does the writer want me to say here or you know what how does the, the developer how, how does the what does the developer what is the correct answer or you know you and it, it, you're you're sort of just being like i know the right answer to this and the wrong answer to this and like i'm just gonna do one and see what happens and then yeah, i'll go back which, and do the other
0: <laughs> which am i gonna choose yeah i i was talking to someone about it and like i was like oh what like what way do you play this game do you play it the the sort of nice way or the not nice way and they're like I'm such a wuss. So I always picked like the good option. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Sure. like like <laughs> the game can give you all these answers and it's like, Oh, I'm going to, you can be evil or you can be good. And I'm
1: like, well, I just want to be nice. I mean, I don't want to be mean. Yeah, no, not, yeah. It always it's funny when you're like, I'm going to pick the nice, I'll be polite to, you know, like... to, to the series of zeros and <laughs>
0: ones. Yeah. Um, so let me ask, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested by this. Like I used to, I used to have these sort of bonus episodes where I'd ask people a bunch of questions and my my thought was it was getting a little samey. I don't know if people agree with that or not. If you do, let me know. Uh, but, um, cause I could do them again. But one of the things that, um, I asked everyone, and this is the one question I miss mis- asking, um, was I, I, would tell them, um, you know, given, you know, given world enough in time, any sort of, uh, limitation lifted, uh, you have all the money in the world. You have all the, uh, professional leniency in the world. You have all the technical skill in the world, um, and all the people, man hours, whatever you want. Um, what kind of game would you make? What would be what I'd ask people, um, and so I'm going to ask you that question, but with the twist that um, it is it, it is it like an Alex Alex Perine presents game. So yeah. in some ways, it is like it is about uh, it, it is about your personal ethos, something that you think like represents you either as a brand or uh, I guess less dystopia dystopianly uh, as a, as a person. <laughs> okay. Boy, um... This it's a is, tough one. Yeah. But everyone always can't... This is what I love about this question, and I'll give, you, I'll give you a chance. I'll vamp a second so you can have a chance to think. But what was cool about this question was um, everyone would have the same reaction, which was the reaction you just had, but then everyone would come up with a, a cool game. It was amazing. I, I don't know what it is. But I, I have faith in you. I think you can come up with something good.
1: Um, do you remember... I, you know, and this is maybe just because we've been talking about them a lot, so this is where my mind is still, but do you remember... Uh, That's right. um, uh, I think it was uh, the police story, Daryl Gates's police story. Yes, police yeah. quest four. Police quest. Yeah, Daryl yeah. Gates. Yeah. I would do. I, it would be Alex Perrine's pundit quest four, <laughs> uh, and you would. What you would have to do <laughs> is you would like you'd start off as like a, a hack, like metro columnist, and then you would have to make a series of choices that would like eventually you could you could and there you know there would be there be branching paths. And at the end of one of them, you're David Brooks because you like successfully navigated. <laughs> like, <laughs> you did it. You like you, you sucked up to the right. people. You went to the right school and you sucked up to the right people. Um, but yeah, but you would have you're like have a centrism to... bar where like if you're going too far to the right or left, you yes. like, uh, yeah, you start getting calls from the intercept or the daily caller or something. Right, right, yeah, or <laughs> like yeah, the, the the Sim City guys like start yelling at you like you, you've become too extreme. But, uh... Supporting
0: Palestine, and you will regret this. <laughs> you will regret
1: this. Yeah, and then yeah, but yeah, so then but yeah, definitely like there's a, there are good endings where you are like safely ensconced as a, a permanent you know, like major newspaper columnist for the rest of your life. And then the bad ending is like you're like a, you're like a forty five year old unemployed ex journalist. <laughs> like that's the that, that's like the sad ending there. Because, because it's like a bare apartment with a bulb hanging yeah, over. Yeah, because you accidentally, can't move out of New
0: York because there's no there's no place other than New York. Yeah,
1: but yeah, but also you were like too mean to the publisher's friends. So like that's why you that's why you <laughs> lost. But it was yeah, it would definitely be it would definitely be an adventure game and and but it like the bad Sierra kinds where you can lose. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. I really hope
0: I really hope someone is listening. I know like some devs listen, so oh, yeah. I hope someone's listening and and uh, and comes to you for this because I would I would play that game in a hot. Yeah
1: yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like I'm getting more into the idea as I think about it. so yeah, if you
0: <laughs> Yeah, please, please contact hit me contact up. Yeah Alex Perrine, uh, uh <laughs> I'm sure all of your information is on your Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, Alex, this has been great. Is there anything that you think we missed? uh no i think i think we've covered it <laughs> all right yeah well thanks so much for going on this is this has really been fun um you know follow alex at perine uh which i mean you probably do but if you don't already follow him at perine um i'm sure there's going to be exciting stuff coming up in the future for you uh you always seem to be doing something new and cool and uh if nothing else go read his uh his uh Haim, Haim saban piece that um uh <laughs> that I that he published at Splinter which I read as prep for this episode and was uh, kicking myself that I didn't read it when it actually came out around Twitter and everyone was talking about it oh thank you uh very good very um yeah just very good uh all right man well uh thanks for coming on come on again anytime if you're you know bored or need to talk about uh you know what uh you know Octopath Traveler or something <laughs> like that
1: next time. <laughs> yeah man cool yeah, uh, yeah. it was really fun man thank you
0: cool yeah no problem all right